Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, and welcome back <laughs> to yet another homebound edition of Lynn Cullen Still Live. And uh, it is Monday, April 27th. We'll bid a fond farewell to this month in a few days and uh, head into a May, unlike we've never <laughs> known. Oh, gosh, guys. It's good to have you there. It's good to be here. Um, oh, where to start? Mondays have always been hard for me, but Mondays after a three-day uh, hiatus and um, in these times, our partic- Mondays are particularly difficult, just sort of getting back in, finding myself, you know, usually after three days, um, one would imagine the topics that I might be inclined to bring up would be multiplying, Right. And I have found um, of late that the weekends do exactly the opposite. I find myself uh, running from uh, news, and uh, so by the time Monday rolls around, I've got I've got nothing. And there's also the thing that um, I believe it was John brought up last week is that every time you open the paper, it's the same. It's like every day it could be Monday's paper, could be for Friday's paper. I mean, it just it's the same stuff. And um, anyway, um, I believe Sally Wigan is going to call in later in the program. Uh, this because of something she did over the weekend, as opposed to me, she's been more. Uh, uh, active in in seeking out information and uh she uh has some things that she wants to um, talk about in in all seriousness uh i have to um i feel like uh, i guess i'm going to um come clean this is a little confessional and i i'm not sure what to make of it but I have found myself who was so quick to, you know, do the stay at home thing um, and not let anyone in my house and be very, very uh, prophylactically defensive. And I have noted that in the last week, I'm slipping. I am not as driven by just that constant sense of fear. Um, and I am, as a result, slacking off, I would say, in my uh, efforts to keep my environment and myself, you know, virus-free. So I don't know what that's about, although I was talking to a friend who has struggled with, um, uh, what do you call it? (laughs) What do you call that? Um, Obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety disorder, uh, all her life. 
and she's you know engaged in all kinds of uh, programs to uh, to treat it, uh, behavioral things, and and she this epidemic for her and for others like her is just mind blowing because all of the very conscious activities that got in her way living her life, you know, oh my God, that could be, that could be dirty. I have to go wash my hands. And then I go up, I touch, I got to go wash my hands again. Uh, Oh, 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 I got to watch. Oh, you know, this constant perception of danger. Um, she spent her whole life learning how to stop or control or somehow um, not give in to that. And, and now she and so many like her find themselves living in a world in which all of a sudden they're being told to do exactly what they've been learning to undo and they're watching the rest of us learn how to be like they were, but have been trying not to be their entire lives. And it's, it's crazy making for them. But she is the one who said to me, when I did acknowledge or own up to the fact that I felt I was getting laxer, And she said, well, yeah, because it is just after a while of this constant, you know, being on edge on, on, oh, my God, did he breathe on me? Did I touch that? Who was there? Oh, my God, I sat down. That could be on my clothes. It could be on the dog. It could be, you know, that level of anxiety is unsustainable. It's just unsustainable. You you eventually just, you know, you can't. And I think that's what's happened to me. Um, I can't, I guess. So I have to say, if um, if I come down with this in about two weeks, <laughs> we'll know. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I hugged somebody or I, you know, I, I exchanged bodily fluids with somebody who I didn't even know. It's not, not anything that egregious, but it is more of a nonchalance or a, I just can't. Um, I admit it. I mean, I used to be afraid to touch my mail when it came. Yeah, I take open the mail. I maybe remember to wash my hands after. I have to tell you, I can't do it. So I'm now like one of the, I don't know, one of the more dangerous ones, I guess. But is it not? I don't think that's true. I mean, I've only been in one store the entire time, but that is also part of my confession. Last week, I believe it was Roger called, and he was fulminating about his mother-in-law, who, along with a friend of hers or something, got in their car and drove off to go shopping. And I said, what kind of shopping? What kind of shopping? Because that would matter, right? You know, if it's food, we all need food. Well, flowers, he said disdainfully. And I found myself thinking, oh, 
flowers. I did not agree with his outrage. I think I made a half-hearted attempt to defend them, his mother-in-law. And, um, and then wouldn't you know, I couldn't get his mother-in-law's trip out of my head. And damned if I didn't that very day after the show, that must have been Thursday, get in my car and drive farther than I've driven since this thing began. And I went into my first establishment since I holed up here. And I went for flowers, plants, things to put in the ground and in my planters because nothing gives me greater pleasure. So I got to tell you, I don't know. At some point, we got to keep from going insane. Those poor kids in Spain who weren't allowed to go outside for what, five weeks or something or six weeks, they finally got sprung over the weekend. Have you seen any pictures of more joyous young beings? Oh. So anyway, that's my confession. I don't know if it's a biggie. I have not a clue. But I have to tell you, I cannot stay at this level of worriedness. Um, I can't do it. I'm going to have to like slack off a little and then come roaring back or I don't know what. But I, I have a suspicion I cannot be alone. Also, and I should have done this before, this shows how out of it I was this weekend that I didn't get any of this stuff done. Um, You might also recall, those of you who are, what is going on with my, um, sorry, I got to get back into my mail here. Um, Also, those of you who pay really good attention, um, you might have recalled that twice on the last show, um, I got an email from Dave, David. And he was asking, what is the best, he said, what is the best uh, email to send something to you? Uh, And I think I answered. And then the show is almost done, and I get an email. I didn't hear. Did you answer my question? What was the (laughs) – I annoyedly said, send it to any. It doesn't matter. It's okay. So I'm not sure when this came. I think it was Thursday night. He sent me this thing, and with the preface only, I was bored. Now, I have to tell you, it's on YouTube, and I'm going to, and this is what I should have done before, I'm going to send it uh, to Amy um, to put on our Facebook page. And uh, I think... It's funny as hell. I think it is clever as hell. And I even, I think, if I remember correctly, asked David to give us a call and talk to us about what he has done, 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 did. 
because it's really very, very good. I mean, production-wise, a little rough around the edges. However, wondrous. And again, it's an, an effort to take music, uh, rewrite lyrics, and have it deal with this thing that we're all living through. And I just thought it was an incredible send-up of uh, Bob Dylan's um, that's what, sub, subterranean homesick blues? Just brilliant. So um, let me, I can't talk and, and forward this at the same time. Hang on a minute. Um, I will try to. And then, Amy, as soon as you can get this up, it would be fantastic because, um, oh, see, yeah, this isn't going to work because this stupid I can't do it right now. Okay, okay. Never mind. Never mind. I'll do it. I'll do it later. If I don't get it in today, I'm going to do it um, immediately uh, after the uh, show. Um, Milton says, "Trump campaign literature in your mailbox." He says, "Okay, this envelope." Oh, you got your check. Department of the Treasury, Internal Revenue Service. Milton says, Lynn, this envelope was delivered in the mail this morning. It's a letter signed by Trump telling me how great America is under his leadership. It's being sent to everyone who received their stimulus money via direct deposit. Oh, so you got your money. It went right to your bank, but lest you didn't know who to credit they have sent you because you didn't get the check with his with his signature on it. So he had to send you this disgusting. Oh. So yeah, he couldn't send checks to everyone. So he is using the Internal Revenue Service to send out essentially. Uh, re-election material through the IRS? That's disgusting. Um, Here's the the letter. Uh, My fellow American. Yeah, pass. This includes first and second. I am pleased to notify you that as provided by the CARES Act, you are receiving an economic impact payment We hope this payment provides meaningful support. Every citizen should take tremendous pride in the selflessness, courage, and compassion of our people. America will triumph yet again. We'll do it together as one nation stronger than ever before. President Donald J. Trump. Well, it's not as much of a I'm wondrous, um, but those are the kinds of, there are words, wage total war on this enemy. Oh, there is no way this should be legal. There is no way this should be legal. No, I didn't get it because I'm not getting any of the money and I don't deserve it, but unbelievable. Wow. Wow.
Well, Margaret, thank you for that. Margaret says, you know, I vacillate from doing as much as I can to doing nothing. You know, back and forth, back and forth, just trying, trying to get through this in some in some form. Well, look, the reality is uh, the Republicans are scared shitless. Um, let's just be clear about that. Um, news out this morning uh, shows that the Republican senatorial committee, you know, the guys whose whose concern is uh, getting keeping the Senate, actually, which is definitely in play. Um, they sent a memo out to the senators who are running for re-election and for their candidates who are attempting to gain a, a Senate seat. And they tell them how to deal with um, questions that will come their way. And they flat out say in the memo, that you, well, quote, don't defend Trump. Don't defend Trump. It flat out says it at the top. Don't defend Trump other than the China travel ban. Attack China. It's all they got left. Attack China, China, China. So when when asked a question like, but why didn't uh, the president do this, that, or why did the president blah, blah, blah? You pivot immediately to my opponent is soft on China, unlike Donald Trump. You know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. That's just every Republican is supposed to spit that out. That's all they got. Um, so... The fact that their own party is putting out how to get reelected. Don't defend Trump. Do not defend the undefendable, the indefensible. Um, and, you know, the, the extraordinary, uh, the, the latest gift from this fool, uh, you know, the... So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just you know very powerful light, and I, and I think you said that that you're going to check that that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, and and then I see the disinfectant where where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? Because you see, it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs. Even by Trump standards. That was so <laughs> laughable. And over the top, that that's where you end up with memos that say, don't defend, you can not defend this guy. He is a clear and present danger. 
And turns out that states did report more calls to poison control centers about ingesting or injecting Clorox, Lysol, bleach, whatever. Because astonishingly, there are people out there who do see him as a purveyor of truth, I guess. Meanwhile, where of course he's leading us is disaster, and where he's leading his followers is potentially to the cemetery. Um, someone actually did some research. I don't know, this seems a little suspect to me. But I, I get how they did it. Um, this was in a, in some uh, a journal, uh, Administrative Theory and Praxis, not the kind of thing I would read. But it's research, uh, just you, looking at demographic, and voting patterns and it says it's just so clear that the pandemic is going to take a greater toll on the conservative electorate and one of the authors says look I mean that's simply really a calculation of age the virus is killing more older voters and in many states that is the Republican base that's the key to GOP victory is these old folks. And um, even with shelter-in-place orders remaining in effect, about these guys crunching the numbers, and who knows, about 11,000 more Republicans than Democrats, 65 and older, could die before the election in just the two states of Michigan and North Carolina. I, why am I laughing? I'm not laughing. Yes, I am. I'm laughing. Um, let's see. Do I have a caller here? I do. Hello, caller. Go ahead, please. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi. I just got the beep. Oh, okay. Hey, you... You were talking about, um, you know, these people that believe Trump and what he says. If you can believe this, well, I'm sure you can. This morning, I was listening to uh, WGN out of Chicago. Yeah. And their, their news report was a lady gargled with Clorox <sighs> and mouthwash. Oh, boy. Make sure to clear her throat and sinuses out. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I bet it did. Well, she's in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, swallow some Drano. I'll clear you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't understand. It's it's hard to get your mind around how people do things like that just because this buffoon stands at that podium and says, inject yourself with disinfectant and Powerful light, a very powerful light. <laughs> and they sit there and they go, yeah, okay, yeah. Let me put some Clorox in a glass and some mouthwash, and I just gargle with it. It's know. you know, it's 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 it is astonishing um, to see um, how 
credulous, I guess is the word, uh, so many people are, that I, I guess they're not used to indulging in critical thinking on their own part. They just, there's certain influencers that they look to and they just surrender, I guess, their their own intelligence to, to you know, somebody else. I, it, it, it is just mind-boggling. And to surrender it to an idiot like him is really mind-boggling. Exactly, yes. Idiot. Jeez, hey, I mean. Hey, Lynn, have you been watching uh, Como's uh, a little attack well, on McConnell? No, I saw a piece of it, not much. I mean, I mean, these guys are beyond belief. There you have the, the yeah, McConnell saying, oh, let the states just go bankrupt. The, the, the chaos and horror that that would unleash in terms of ability to help citizens is, it, it cannot even be overstated. And these are their ideas for how to get through this? Here's what I wanted to to say about Como. He said, after McConnell said that about letting go bankrupt, he comes on with this beautiful setup. He said, New York State puts in like so many billions of dollars into the pot, more than they take out. And McConnell State, Kentucky, puts in hardly anything and takes out two and a quarter times more they put in. That's always the case, red state, blue state. Blue states put more in, and the red states take it. Then he said, now, Mitch, who's the welfare state? That was beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, then, let me just leave you with this, okay? Yeah. I lost my job at the bank yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. A little old lady came in and asked me to check her balance. I pushed her over. <laughs> I realized oh, yeah. right after, listen, I real. I want this known. I realized right after you said I lost my job at the bank, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought, oh, you idiot. This is a setup to a joke. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Lynn. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> God almighty. Okay, well, in the interim, I did, uh, Amy, I forwarded that, um, Dave's wonderful bit to you. And if you could get that up on Facebook, it'll be fun to talk about. I mean, to enjoy and to talk about if you want. Yeah. Um, All right. Jeez, I'm having trouble navigating my... um, Oh, let's see here. Um, Other news on the scared Republican front now. Trump standing in states that he carried in 2016 looks increasingly wobbly. This is New York Times. New surveys show him trailing significantly in battleground states like Michigan and Pennsylvania. And he is even narrowly behind in must-win Florida. And they say perhaps most significantly, and here's where the, you know, the drinking Lysol stuff has done more damage to him than 
any other of his gaffes. Uh, it says here his single best advantage as an incumbent has, and for any incumbent, is always their ability to have that bully pulpit. Um, and the only bully pulpit he has left are these are these uh, briefings. And the New York Times says, and he has used that bully pul- pulpit effectively as a platform for self-sabotage. He has gone out there and America has seen his leadership. And it's non-existent. And so somebody has gotten through to him and he's actually stayed away, what, now for two or three days. So we're not going to get any he won't let anybody else get the uh, spotlight. So we don't get any briefings anymore, ever? If he can't do them, he'll be back. He won't be able to stay away. So now what is he doing? He figured out a way to get out and do a speech. And he told West Point, hey, I'm coming. I'm giving your graduation address. But, Mr. President, we sent all our cadets home. They're all, you know, they're in every state of the union. You, you mean we have to bring them back? They have to fly back to New York? New York? From wherever the hell they are? And then there's something about we'd have to quarantine them for two weeks before they could. And he is, so far, going ahead with that so that he can get out and have a speech to a bunch of graduating West Pointers who have been forced as the first bit of service to their commander-in-chief <laughs> to put their lives at risk to give him an audience. Other surveys done um, showing the electoral scene shows Republican senators in Arizona, Colorado, North Carolina, and Maine, that would be Susan Collins, trailing or at best in a dead heat with their Democratic uh, rivals. If all those seats go to the Democrat, the Democrats, let's see, if incumbents in those states lose and Republicans pick up only the Senate seat in Alabama, which I guess they're expected to do. Democrats would still take control. That's if Biden wins, because then the vice president would be a Democrat. So um, Trump is, is killing him. Says here, Republicans were taken aback this past week by the results of a 17-state survey commissioned by the Republican National Committee. It found the president struggling in the electoral college battlegrounds and likely to lose without signs of an economic rebound. Okay, so you can start smelling the desperation at uh, the White House. 
And that is why you had Joe Biden. Remember him, by the way? (laughs) Joe Biden. He said uh, the other day, he's really scared about this. I think on Thursday he did. Mark my word, said Joe Biden. I think he's going to try to kick back the election somehow. Come up with some rationale why we just can't hold it. He went on to say, I think Trump is trying to let the word out that he's going to do all he can to make it very hard for people to vote. That's the only way he thinks he can possibly win. John Meacham, the historian, agrees. He wrote recently in an op-ed, the possibility that President Trump might take advantage of the unfolding health crisis to delay the November election. Alarmist? No, not for anyone who's paid even glancing attention to the president's will to power and contempt for constitutional convention. And uh, finally, Chuck Hagel, former Republican senator, former defense secretary, said this, I have heard widespread concerns about what President Trump may pull, especially if he thinks he's going to lose. Well, you know, let's all be perfectly clear. Um, (laughs) You cannot deny the seeming veracity of all of those statements. Putting anything past Trump is foolish. Okay, I am told that we've got Dave's um, wonderful bit up on our um, Facebook page. And it's especially for long-standing Bob Dylan fans, especially the old stuff. (laughs) It's It's a real treat. Um, I sent it on to my curmudgeonly brother who loved it. Just want to say. Um, I don't know. I bet Sally forgot to call. Sally, if you're out there, come on. Uh, Ed writes, hello, Lynn. Scary part of possibility of Trump losing. Saw this psychological evaluation. I... Psychologist John Gardner says Trump is a sexual sadist who is actively engaging in sabotage. Um, <laughs> like in a relationship, he is an abuser. He's a husband or father who's abusing his partner or children or other elderly American people. Or like a woman who's attempting to leave her abuser. She tells her abuser, I'm done. I am done with you. She has her keys in hand and is opening the door of the house or apartment to finally leave. And what happens? The dynamic maniac attacks. Make no mistake, says this guy. Donald Trump is going to find a way to attack and cause great harm to the American people if he believes that he will lose this election. 
Oh, well, here's the good news. He's hardened us, hasn't he? I mean, we're on to him, ain't we? <laughs> what? We're, we're on to him. And, um, but he does have the, that power he wields. And with his, um, with his enablers at the U.S. Supreme Court and in Mitch McConnell, um, I don't know. I mean, I think we've all gotten over uh, thinking that, well, that can't happen, <laughs> right? Anyone who ever utters words to that effect ever again has shown they've learned nothing, not a thing, right? So I'm sure you saw this. I mean, so mind-blowing. This, um, these twins, uh, Philip and Samuel Kahn, and um, they were born in New York. Hello? It's me. There. Oh, Sally. Did you forget to call or did you just No, call? no, I was listening to you. I was so busy was. listening to you and looking at my notes that I, 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 I thought it was like 10.15 and it was like 10.30. So you, you lose track of time. But finish the story about the twins. I, I read. Do you know about them? Is this the, the twins that were both the parents had it and the twins were born? No, this is the twins who were born in two. I mean, excuse me, in nineteen nineteen. Oh no, I, this is a whole different story. Oh no, no, no! Oh, I just heard the word twins, and I thought they're born in nineteen nineteen. Sam and Philip Kahn. and Sam died within weeks of the different pandemic, the Spanish flu. Oh. That was that was rampant then. So of these two little boys, these twins, one succumbs and never lived his life because he's dead of the of the of the flu. And so Philip Kahn, the surviving twin, lives his whole life knowing he had a twin, never having met the twin, always feeling really bad about it. <laughs> um, and Philip Kahn died, the survivor of coronavirus, 100 years later. Oh, my God. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, wow. Wow. Philip Kahn, wow. 100 years old. They, what a these story. Two, I know. Isn't that amazing? The chances of siblings dying a century apart <laughs> in global pandemics. Uh, don't, don't, you, don't you have, see, when you hear something like that, it, it, there's no, there are no coincidences. There are some sort of divine providence involved in that. Nah. I, no, I do believe. I, I do believe. Somebody once said to me, coincidence is the signature of God's sovereignty. No matter what God or divine presence you believe in, it could be anything. But I, I do sort of believe that. Okay. Sort of. Well, I don't. Okay. So listen, 
what so you were uh, you spent what saturday or sunday um God, I doing think this. Was, I, see, I don't even remember what day. It was. I think it was Sunday. No, no, Saturday. This no, virtual. No, no, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Saturday. Uh, well, everybody's doing vir- virtual webinars, and I've started to do a Not lot me. of them. And, and well, I do them because they're being provided by uh, um, Natural Habitat is one of them, and that and that's the, uh, the, the that's the 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 organization uh, that I that I went with to see the wolves right as the pandemic was starting in this country. Well, actually, I'm going to interject there. They now think the pandemic start, was starting in January, yes. that there were cases in this country then. But let's not that go might down even that be It might even be earlier than that. Early we than don't. That, exactly. We don't know. And I have a friend know. who is absolutely certain she had it. Yeah, I have a friend who thinks she had it, too. Thing, yeah, yeah, it was the worst thing she's ever had. And, yeah. and so anyway, but that's beside the point. So, so this was a, um, it, it's an organization that's very highly rated on Charity Navigator. It's called uh, the Wildlife Conservation Network. And it oversees and funds and, and it, it connect, connects a lot of, of um, wildlife and, and nature nonprofits. And so this was their, their expo uh, was supposed to be this Saturday and it became a virtual expo. And there were people calling in and, and, and doing Zoom from all over the world. And one of the, one of the big presentations was uh, zoonotic uh, diseases and wildlife trafficking and the illegality of it. And it was, it was fascinating. A lot of it you know, but, but it's, it's so discouraging. And, um, and, and, and honestly, it's not just about being an animal lover it's what what happens it is it is among the top four criminal trafficking crimes in the world it is right up there with drug trafficking and human trafficking and the same syndicates some of the same syndicates do it all and it affects and it 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 it, it affects wildlife markets in not just china but in southeast asia in africa and it seeps into the governing, it seeps into the policing of all forms in these countries. And, 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 and now, and then there, there's this, 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 um, even so explain, people- explain the danger of it. So, I mean, we have this pandemic now that is uh, well, traced to uh, what so-called wet market. And, and, and we're seeing the hot spots in this country have been meat packing plants, which is another way we, uh, we just uh, treat animals with, in such horrible ways. Um, and, and somehow viruses are spreading in all these places where animals are treated badly by us. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and, and, and some of the theories are that it creates, it creates stress hormones in these animals. But, but, but a lot of the purveyors of some of these are bats. Bats carry a lot of yes. viruses. But right. It, it, it's, it's, but they're in places where people aren't. But now all of a sudden with deforestation, more and more people having to cut down more and more trees. We have to have, you know, we have to plant all of this, these things that are unnecessary and, and not establishing enough wildlife habitats and keeping them separate. And it is because humans are not keeping it separate that you might say, you know, uh, 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 karma's a bitch. Uh, but what happens is, is that 
it's not just in China has now set, has now shut down all of its wildlife markets, all of them in the nation. That doesn't mean they're not being trafficked illegally. Southeast and it doesn't Asia, mean they won't reopen. Yeah. Well, and it's but it's not just China. It's in Southeast Asia. It's in Africa. And and one of the places that is now becoming one of the centers for syndicate trafficking of these animals is Vietnam. Vietnam is now leading all, a lot of this, where China is trying to crack down. And and actually, but what's happened is with, with bats, there was some, I, I think it was David Ignatius was saying that he didn't think that bats were the cause, that it might have been an accidental escape from a lab in Wuhan. And the, a lot of the, the, the people who understand how bats work and how these markets work and what have you think it, it makes absolutely no sense. The, the fact that one accident caused this, it is far more likely that it, it's coming from bats. They don't think it's coming from pam, pangolins. It may have jumped from bats to pangolins. But they think that it, they do think it was bats. But here's the problem that they were discussing. You don't want humans, which is exactly what they'll probably do. Let's destroy all the bats. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Here's how humans are going to deal with this. Kill the bats. And, and you know what that does? A total disaster. Yes, because bats eat insects. Uh, yeah. Malaria under control. (laughs) That's all these diseases that would affect us under control. You eliminate that, we're really, you know what? I mean, it's, it's, but that is the, that is the worry that, that, that biologists and zoologists and, 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 and tropical disease doctors. But, but, but here's the thing. It, it, it's amazing that it hasn't happened before now because in Southeast Asia, a lot of bats live in caves. Well, bat, bats always, not, not all of them live in well, caves. Well, they do. Some of them do. But yeah. people in Southeast Asia, they, 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 they explore caves. Remember the, the, the kids in the caves? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. They, they, some of them live there. They hunt them, and, and they live in these caves. They explore them. They're looking for other things. And so why it hasn't happened before now now is amazing. It's because we keep, for such an intelligent species, <laughs> we, we keep doing such stupid things. Well, there's a level of intelligence, and, and, and some humans are, don't have it and some do. But it, it's just, so it was discouraging, but there is hope. They are making inroads with governments that want if you give people a good paying job, they want, they want, and they're trying to teach young children about this is your heritage. This, you need to save this. You need to keep this the way it is and you need to keep humans separate from this. Leave the forest here. Leave the caves here. Humans go be somewhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm dumbing it down, but it was, uh, but we won't, Sally. Sally, we live no, in. No, I don't think we will. We won't. No, I don't think we will. The we are all about exploiting nature, of taking it, of abusing it, and this is, as you said, karma. The the payback is a is a bitch, ain't it? Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say because people are gonna think I'm nuts. There's this cute little animal, and 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 it's called a pangolin. Nobody knew what a pangolin was. I don't think it's cute. You think it's cute? Oh, it's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. And and they're so, they they move around. They're nocturnal. They don't bother anybody. Don't they They look like anteaters a little bit? They're like an anteater. Yes. 
but they're closer to dogs and cats than they are to, to you know, they're, they're interesting, uh, um, what do they call it? Not morphologically and, 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 uh, um, their DNA. But anyway, all of a sudden they started to eat them in China and, and Asia. They, they started to say, oh, this is going to be a medicine. Let's make money off of it. See, that's what it is. Some of these syndicates, when they start running out of one animal because it's being protected, they will then spread. You know, like the, like the, the uh, misinformation that's spread on the Internet? They spread misinformation. Oh, this will help you cure this. Mm-hmm. So people who are ill-educated and, 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 want, and are looking for something that's a cure-all, they'll say, oh, oh, okay, so I'll eat this. It is now, the pangolin is the, you know this, the most trafficked animal right. in the world. Of course. And, it's, and it's, what is it supposed insane. to do for people, the pangolin, other than, is it just I, being used? I mean, I don't know what the, what, for instance, you know, people thought that, uh, um, that rhino horn was being used as an aphrodisiac. Yeah. No, it, what, it changed. In, in Vietnam, they were telling everybody in Vietnam where, where it's actually trafficked more than in China now that it cured cancer. Jesus. And so people were people were were just consuming rhino. That's why there are almost no rhinos left. And so and what happens is is I've watched some documentaries on it. If they spread this misinformation to people who are desperate for some kind of a cure and who are ill educated, yeah. then then they then they have a market. Yep. It's like drugs. Well, I don't know. So I'm sorry. Am I yelling? I'm yelling. No, but I'm just thinking. So how you spent your whole lovely well, you afternoon know, listening to these depressing realities? No, 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 no. These were oh, that was just one session. There were sessions about nothing could have been happy. Elephants. No, no, no. It isn't. These are people who believe in what they do and they have hope. They couldn't do it otherwise, and it made me feel really guilty that I don't have hope. And, and that it's all going to die. But I look at oh, somebody on, 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 on my on Twitter. I tweeted something from Greta. Uh, what is her last name? Thunberg. Thunberg or Thunberg. This brilliant young woman who, who's, who's a little too serious. She's amazing. She's on the and, spectrum. That's what her, the, that her affect is, is that. Is you know? she on the spectrum? Oh, yes. oh, okay. That makes oh, you, sense. Yeah. Yes. No, I didn't. So, yeah, I had not. I have the Time Magazine with her person of the year, and yeah. I, I didn't look at it. But this person said, this person tweeted, I'm a little, he said, I, I, I don't like her. The last thing I need is a teenager on a soapbox. I, it was on Twitter, and I wanted to block him. And I yeah. thought, no, leave it. Leave it. You're an idiot. And so... But I do have hope in the young people. And Jane Goodall, I spent a whole hour the day before, two days before, no, on Earth Day, mm-hmm. in a virtual conversation with Jane Goodall. I mean, there were 500 of us. But I was very honored to have been invited. And it gave me hope. She still has hope. But as she says, time is running out. Time's running out for the planet. Well, I, there's a piece in uh, the New York Times today um, in praise of pessimism. <laughs> I of course made a beeline for it, <laughs> and um, 
And it, you know, for those who know Winnie the Pooh, they're saying this country is going to need a lot more Eeyores. Eeyore being this, you know, depressive, oh, what's going to happen next little donkey. Um, and I'm an Eeyore and always have been. But the person who writes this, Jennifer Senior, is, is arguing that people who are what she calls defensive pessimists, um, we're the ones who are going to be in the best emotional condition as we go forward, as they say. Um, because we're always being told that we should be optimists, and I don't understand why that is necessarily the... Well, I, I, do, I do agree with you. I mean, I was glad to see... I would say that this, this was cautious optimism that I listened okay. to. And Jane well, Goodall has become what I call okay. a cautiously optimistic. I'm a pessimist. I'm the one who just told you a couple of weeks, a week or so ago, that this ecologist told me that in, in 200 years, we're, we're, we're gone as a species. We're, we're not here. Right. Well, and, and a, I, I tend to believe that, but I, 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 I think you need to have, if you are a pessimist, I think you need to have just a small dose of optimism or, or, or you'll go and just pound your head. Well, I think pessimists, I mean, I'm a pessimist who makes room for if my brain tells me there's reason for optimism here, I'll go for it. But that's just not my, um, you know, defensive no, I agree, pessimists I agree, I agree are... With you. I think they're realists. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have I think it's seen, a, have you have you ever seen that that um, cartoon? It's a drawn cartoon. Uh, it's three uh, three glasses of urine. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay. It's it's three glasses of urine, and I've saved it. I can't remember where I saved it. Someone sent it to me. You have three. It's a cartoon, so little yeah. the little okay. urine glasses have have faces, and uh-huh. they're all they're all half full. <laughs> Okay. okay. So one of them says, I'm, uh, he says, one of them is half full, says, I'm half full, I'm an optimist. The other one says, I'm half full, I'm a pessimist. And the one in the middle just says, I'm a realist. There's there you go. In my glass. I'm sorry. Did I say that on your show? I'm so sorry. You can. Oh, Sally, you said piss on my show. I have a I have a friend who is 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 an optimist, but so much of an optimist that it it, it's annoying and 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 to the point of being unrealistic. On and and I, I I get in arguments all the time. Well, you know what? There's a phrase for for uh, your friend, it, and it's in this article too. It's called the tyranny of the positive attitude, where people yeah. who just refuse anything other than oh, well. Do you remember? Um, God, what was that book we were forced to read so long ago? Was it Voltaire uh, and Pangloss? Candide. Did you ever oh, read Candide? Can- oh God, no. I don't, I don't think okay, I Okay, okay, okay. But Pangloss, I guess, is the character, if I'm remembering this correctly at all, who had this stock phrase, oh, help me somebody who's more literate um, or has a, uh, an active memory. Um, 
you know, everything's going to be all right. I mean, he was, he, he's, he's going through the horrors of, uh, of his Europe and everything is disaster around him. And he's just always, everything is going to be, um, all right. Um, so anyway, um, here is, it will take, all, here's the last paragraph in this. It will take all sorts to make the months ahead survivable but we shouldn't count the pessimists out. Optimism, as we've seen with this administration, can tip swiftly and dangerously into self-delusion. Indulge in it too frequently, and there'll be too little to fight for at all. So, you know, you look at Trump thinking clearly that what he has to do is be optimistic. Oh, this is just around the. We're done. It's over. It's finished. Uh, embers of Corona. We're all going to well, be. You, at the flip. you know what? You know, all, all you need to do is look at World War II. She may you have used that as an example. Look at France. Oh, we, we can bargain with them. It'll be everything will be yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. they and they rolled right in. And 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 what did what did your what did Britain do? What did Churchill do? He yeah. was honest, and he said, "This is going to be really, really hard. This is going to be awful, and lots of people are going to die." But you know, and and, and so I, I think people in the United States, because we have been so blessed, but but I say that, and then I think, wait a minute, how blessed? Look how many people live in poverty in this this country. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about it, you, it, you know, and it, me. We've exactly. been blessed. Yeah, but look at, at the people think, oh, we're such a great nation. We're so blessed. Well, listen, talk to the people who haven't been able to find a job. Talk to the people now who who you know are are dying and 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 because they're impoverished and they don't they have poor living quarters and they don't have enough to eat and they have to go it just so so yeah I, I well listen oh guys so I can go back to completely being a pessimist that makes me happy. <laughs> well, there's certainly listen. There are certainly grounds for pessimism. That anyone who would argue otherwise is insane. I think pessimists have a tendency to try to look for more solutions to better their circumstances so that they don't have to be so pessimistic. Maybe. I just think life uh supports uh a pessimist's attitude in general. Um, well, I, I mean, this idea I that to... life is supposed to be happy um, is 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 nonsense. It's nonsense. No, it's I, another I, I, thing I... where I think the founding fathers led us astray, and I've said this before. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness got into our foundational documents and has been misunderstood. I think so. Having allowing pessimism and acknowledging it and 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 validating it doesn't mean that you don't strive for happiness i think to wallow in it is is not good but i don't it's think it can good. be chased so i disagree cuz i think you cannot strive or chase pursuit but, but, but pursuit you have to live in a no, way that if it comes you accept it you know you you recognize it and 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 accept it but know that it's trans Transitory, no, but I, right? I don't think there's anything wrong in pursuing some kind of happiness. It's just that that's just one line, but but you have to boil it down to that can be a that can be each individual has their. For instance, this happiness lab that's at Yale. The woman who's <laughs> teaching me this, somebody did I tell you I know her? 
I no. interviewed her for my dog chronicle. She started the Canine Cognition Center at Yale. We went okay. up to Yale for my dog chronicle and interview her. Her name is Lori Santos. She was just on CNN. She's been on all. She's been on uh, uh, Today Show. She has the most popular class at Yale. It's a happiness class. <laughs> and well, no, no, but she's no. She well, of course. About yeah. No, but but you need to go online. Her name is Dr. Lori Santos. She teaches psychology at Yale, and she's she's uh, uh, she's brilliant analysis of of dog thinking. But now she's doing most of it on this course, and it's not all Pollyanna-ish. It's about how you organize thoughts and give yourself a break once in a while. And I think, I mean, listen. Why wouldn't I be a pessimist? I was 14 years old. My father walked out the door and I never saw him again. He died. He dropped dead at a gas station, filling a bicycle tire with air. Now that's, that's every reason to be a pessimist, you know? And, and so, but I think you need a break a little bit. Don't you have a well, little bit? Well, of course. And I'm there? capable of, I, no, I don't walk around in a constant state of depression. I love life. I just think we're tilted in some crazy direction of thinking that life somehow owes us joy. Oh, it does I not. Agree with you. I, no, I agree with you. I think, I think you have to work on it and let it. But I think, you know what? I, I have to read this. Uh, is it an op-ed? Is it in today's time, New York yeah, Times? Yeah, it's in today's. Um, it's in today's uh, New York Times. Oh, and here, Ed, thank you. Uh, Pangloss would walk around saying all the time, this is the best of all possible worlds. That's what, yeah, that, that, that's the pan, pan glosses statement. This is the best. So, you know, as the, as the carts of dead bodies from whatever pandemic was going on in his life, this is the best of all possible worlds. That's the, that's the inveterate, uh, optimist, which can seem so stupid. I mean, you know, denial of reality. Sometimes. No, and, 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 and I would think that people who are in, in, in that mode of thinking don't accomplish anything because they don't strive to make something better if you already think it's great. Did you hear about the two lovers um, from different sides of a national border? No. One's in, one's in Germany, one's in Denmark. And, and if you look at a map, southern Denmark is... Uh, you know, is has a border with northern Germany. And um, this is the cutest story because these lovers are in their late 80s. Can I tell you the story? Yes, I'm listening. I'm thinking, okay. when you said late 80s, I'm thinking, oh my God, there's still hope for me. Yeah, I knew that's what you'd think. <laughs> They'll love this story. See, you're an optimist. You're an optimist. No, I'm not. Go ahead. You're, Go there's ahead. still hope. You just said. How's that not an yes, optimist? I said there's, but most of the time I'm... I know, but I know. But tell a story, tell a story. Okay, tell so story. here, the guy who's 89 lives in Germany. But the border with uh, Denmark is right, you know, he, he lost his wife of over 60 years about three years ago. So he's a widow, at widower, and he, he loves women. And he was aware of an elderly Danish widow across the border who he'd met once in the Danish town. And he one day got a bunch of flowers and he headed across the border. This might be about three years ago, to uh, pay his respects. 
to her and ask her out. On the way there, he stops by a strawberry stand that had been set up on a traffic circle. And he's standing in line to get strawberries, and he meets this other woman, Inga Rasmussen, 85. They start talking. He is adoring this woman he just bumped into. He gives the flowers to her at the strawberry stand and invites her to come to dinner in Germany and she does, and the pair grow very close. And in fact, lovers. So really? they would, um, the pair, what happens is, um, before this pandemic, they cooked a daily meal together. They chatted in some German, some Danish. She would stay overnight at his place. I'm shocked. Returning to her own home in Denmark uh, the next morning, and then on March 13th, they closed the border because of the pandemic. And somehow these two figured out a way. So right near where the border is, there's, you can see the, 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 the thing, the barricade. He rides his bike to the barricade and every day at three and she drives her car and she brings the the little table and I guess he somehow brings two chairs. They sit there and they have this daily picnic right at the gate and here it says, she sit, says, the worst thing is we can't embrace each other. We can't kiss. We can't make love. 89 and 85, totally in love, and yet they meet and they do the proper distancing. <laughs> they don't kiss, but they want to anyway. They've been found out because people would see them doing this and... um Sometimes, you know, journalists come by and do stories. And so they become like the hottest couple of this uh, pandemic. And one day, one day, another woman showed up, an older woman. Her name was Kirsten Hansen. And it turns out she's the one, the widow, who he had originally planned to give the bouquet of flowers to before he got waylaid at the strawberry stand. And she, come and she found time. out about this because they've been getting all this play on, on, on television. Oh, you and mean she talked about, he, he had mentioned in the interview. That yeah, was I was going to uh, oh give flowers God. to, and so oh my God. it says here, she had not known about his amorous intentions. He hadn't told her he had intended to visit. And in any case, clearly, he never turned up. She only learned about the near miss from the flurry of recent news coverage. So she stops by one day at three when they're 
having their little, you know, love picnic. And she shouts at them from a safe distance. Hey, those flowers were meant for me. What a bitch. No, no, no. It says she said this laughing. Oh, okay. Oh, that's all right. Okay. But then, but see, I'm a pessimist. See, I'm just that she was a jerk. But how and, and, cute and, and is that? Also, I'm, I know, but I'm also sitting here thinking, watch her just like cough when she doesn't know she has it, and then he gets it, and they both die. Now that's a pessimist. It did. The thought did occur to me. Oh, honest to Pete. Well, see, well, you were talking about pessimism. I just it sort of crept into my mind just for a second, and then I thought, oh, how sweet. Yeah. Not the thought of that, but, I mean, it, it is sweet. It is nice, and it does give us all hope. So here you, do, here you are talking about how important it is to be a pessimist, and then you read a story about hope. You should be shot. <laughs> you should be slapped. You should be shot, but that, you don't say that anymore. Well, That's what the hell? I mean, you know, the fact is, is I, well, I said I'm a pessimist who though, believes in, yes, love and beauty, and and I take great pleasure in a lot in life, as I you think, know. I know. Yes, I know. And, and that is that is a lovely story. That's a lovely story. Well, yeah, yeah. From, from bats, from bats and pangolins to a German yeah. event. Yes, yes. I, well, I, I just, um, I don't know. So what do you, should, huh? go ahead, go ahead. What do you have planned for today? I'm actually going to go on a walk with a friend of mine, you know, in Mark Salone. Um, oh, give him and, my and best. I will. I will. Um, and he's coming over and, and he's bringing me some um, power greens and bananas. Those are the two things. Those are my staples, power greens and bananas. I use the power greens and salads, but I also use them in my smoothie every day. Uh, oh, I gave a smoothie recipe to City Paper. I don't. When are they going to uh, uh, publish? I thought you said recipe? shitty paper. No, City Paper. Well, I paper. swear it sounded slightly slurred. I gave my no, it was City Paper. Shitty city paper. paper. All right. Oh, I gave them my smoothie because they said we want a recipe of something you cook, and I fired back. You don't I cook. Do not cook. No, right. and I now I revel in the fact that I don't cook. I revel in it. You know, don't, don't tell me about it. Oh, I'm going to cook this. Oh, I'm going to cook this. Oh, screw you. I'm not going to cook anything. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Some people are eating, you know, if you happen to be in this quarantine situation with somebody who is a good cook, you are in a better place than if you're stuck with someone like Sally or me. No, right? I'm eating very healthy. I'm, I'm eating, eating, I'm eating, I had three hot dogs yesterday. I have, I think I've said this before on your show, but I'll say it again because I'm, I have two more pounds and I will be at my Cancun. I went to Cancun with this guy that I barely knew. I ended up being with him for five years, but anyway, should not have gone to Cancun, I guess. And, and I am two pounds away from being my bikini weight in Cancun. Whoa. Well, I guess you are doing power. No, no, no. Well, no, but no, I don't. I'm realizing we ate out all the time. We ate out, food. but also you couldn't go buy a, a fast food joint without going in. <laughs> I got depressed yesterday, and I went and had a McDonald's quarter pounder and a milkshake. I had to starve myself. I couldn't snap <laughs> through my favorite shows. All of my favorite shows were on last night, so... 
It was very, it was like, it was wonderful. It was like, it was a, 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 a you don't watch uh, Homeland. It was the finale, series finale oh, of Homeland. Yeah. And yeah, I, was I loved it. It was, it was, did you watch it? No, I didn't. I'm just finishing up Mrs. Maisel because um, oh, I never watched that. Oh, it's delightful. Yes, but it's delightful. I want something that's dark and horrible. No, how could you want something dark and horrible? I, I you know, well, I, I want Marx Brothers movies. I just want, you know. No, no. I watched the last. I highly recommend the Last Kingdom. In its fourth season, just dropped on Netflix, but it's excellent. It gets excellent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about the beginning of England. It's about the Saxons and the Danes, and there's a lot of violence. It's very gory, but there's some good sex too. So I hate all the sex and violence stuff. No, I don't like that. I I, I like night. I like when 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 a, a a a queen, a lady, and a knight get together. I like that. But um, <laughs> but uh, 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 and, and then I watch. And, 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 but there's oh my goodness! Like last last night, they shot this guy in the eye with an arrow. And it showed it. So I'm getting so that it doesn't bother me anymore. I've told you my wonderful story about the, my being the the lady in the night. Um, I had just moved to New York City. I was a you know theater student there, and a friend who I had at Northwestern University, who I hadn't seen, got in touch with me and said, "I am living in this unbelievable mansion." that was owned by the Henry Cabot Lodge's family. Does that name ring a bell, Henry Cabot Lodge? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? My mother okay, okay. loved loved them. Yeah. Oh, he was a handsome patrician wasp, if there ever was yeah. one. Henry Cabot Lodge. And she said, I'm living here because it's about to be, it was going to be torn down and developed, you know, somewhere. It was outside of Boston or in Boston. I don't know where the hell I was. Um, she said, I live here with a band. And we're doing this huge Halloween party. You've got to come. You can stay here. There's 7,000 bedrooms. I went, listen to this, I went to Broadway to, a, I was told, you can go to all these shops that have all the costumes from all the Broadway shows. And I got a queen outfit that was unbelievable i mean it was glorious and i grabbed it and up i went on the train to boston and to this unbelievable thing house i had my own room that was so big you could have played soccer in it with a um with a fireplace and all this stuff there were more there were there were anyway all i know is when the party started, I could hear it because I could hear people downstairs and all this stuff going on. I eventually walked down this unbelievable staircase dressed in my queen costume. And Sally, as I walked down that winding huge stair, at the bottom was this glorious hunk of man wearing tights and a like courtier courtier's outfit and he watched me come down and i walked right into him and well the rest is history oh my god i I don't know this story i've never heard the story (coughs) 
You know yeah, who the band was? I, 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 yeah, let me tell you who the band was that she was living with. Jay Giles. Oh, my God. He married Faye Dunaway. Their lead singer. What? Faye Dunaway. Yes, Jay Giles married Faye Dunaway? The, the, head, the, lead singer, the lead singer for Jay Giles married Faye Dunaway. They were married for a while. And then they, I mean, he was hot. But I have to tell you, I was sitting there thinking, how would you have the courage to do? You went to a place where you didn't know anybody, and you're in New York, and you go, I can't imagine. I, I would be terrified even today to do something like that. And at your age, I, I, that would take so much courage. Well, that was the age when I, I was... I was the most reckless human being in the universe then. And what I failed to tell, the part of the story I failed to tell, is I had dropped acid. Oh, wow. Well, let me tell you, that made it so much more unbelievable you cannot imagine. Well, no, I I know, but I'm saying that helped when you're shy. Yeah, but listen to this. The next morning, the next morning... After a glorious evening, the next morning, my night turns out to be a Vietnam War Green Beret. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my God, that makes it hotter. It does. No! I was, Not like, so you. anti-war. Not, it was like, I know what? You, I know you were. I know you were. I know what? you were. But it makes... No, and I was at the time too, but I, yeah, I, that's, oh, that, that's, that's quite the story. That is quite, that, oh my God, oh, I've he was never gorgeous. heard that story. Yeah, I have well. never heard that story. Oh I've got to look up the timing. So Jay Giles, well, I'll do this later. So that would have been 19... Google, Google Jay Giles band and Faye Dunham. 19, that'd be like 1969 or something or 70 at the latest. Somebody I'm trying Google to remember Jay one Giles. of their songs. Uh, I was um, to him. I don't know. Oh, I liked them. I did, sort of. I don't think they were that big a band. Look, at you're time. way over. Oh my God, you're way over your time. That's okay. <laughs> Do people keep listening? Well, you're not answering anybody's questions. You're not putting. Oh, there on. it says the Jay Giles Band formed in 1968. Okay. That. I said what? Sixty nine was the year I'm thinking. Yeah, sixty nine or something. Yeah, okay, that all plays out. I don't remember them at all. Formed in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Yep. So yeah. there you have what it. Was one I don't of their know. Songs? I can't remember uh, one of their their songs. I would uh, if I heard them, I would know them. The discography. Um. No. Looking for love. Looking oh. for a love. No, that doesn't ring a bell. I don't have a Are clue. You there? Yeah. Are you there? But okay, I'll, we'll okay. stop. But yeah, you maybe when you said, oh my God, I lived that queen and oh man. You were queen. Oh my but it, God. it was like a nightmare. Oh my God, he turned, and then he followed me back to New York, and I, I it, it, believe me, it didn't last. But you did continue, never mind, you continued a little bit of a relationship with him? I think I saw him one more time. <laughs> and if I were to tell you the rest, it is really disgusting. No, no, I don't want to know. Well, you can tell me, but not, not on the air. Not on the you air. don't think? You can tell me. 
No, no, don't, don't, no, 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 no. That's too much information. Let me, let me just have this romantic notion. Stay <laughs> black. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're absolutely right, Sally, and I should take your, um, your advice. Okay, I think, yeah, we should probably say enough. I don't know what, I'm just babbling here myself. Well, you're poor people, you're poor people. Tell the people, I'm sorry, we got, I got on this. But I think this pessimist thing is something you need to focus on. You need to maybe, maybe take a poll then in your uh, show tomorrow. Listen, I'm producing your show. See how many people regard themselves as pessimists. Well, I think pessimists tend to be the minority, right? Yeah, really? I think. I think oh, I in America know. you're 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 told to be always an optimist. But, but yeah, but everybody's so mean now in social media. Really mean, very mean people, and and spread and misinformation. Oh my God, I was just reading an article about the, the, this poor couple who their lives have been destroyed by misinformation. Uh, <laughs> that couple uh, that that were at the military Olympics. Have you read that story? Look no. it up. It's awful. Oh no! no. Why oh. do I want to look up an awful story? Been, I don't want to. They've been called patient zero oh. of this virus that they brought it, that they, they took it to China. China's now saying they took it to China and people in this country, misinformation is they brought it here. They, neither one of them oh. have ever had, had it. They're destroyed. Their lives are destroyed. Look it up. It's, their, their name is an Italian name. I, I did see a picture of a lovely looking woman, and it said. Yeah. yeah. And she's a, she was a cycle, cyclist at the Military Olympics in Wuhan. Wuhan is now one of the largest cities in China. When I was there, I was there in 1982. It was just a dump. I mean, well, it's, it's an industrial to, city. It's, you become know, a, 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 it's become the technological hub of China, of central China. I, well, you know what's weird about that is it's an industrial city that then uh, morphed into technological city, and I it has been compared to Pittsburgh in that regard, even though Pittsburgh's a lot and smaller. I would, and you know what? I would. That's why. That's why Wuhan was our sister city. I told you, mentioned this before. People need. To, we are the sister city in the United States of Wuhan. We became that in like 19, it was under, I think, was it Caligiri? It was, I, when I went there in 82, we were the sister city. And so I interviewed the mayor at the time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I took a camera with me. I didn't know how to use it. I thought it was broken. I was so upset. I was screaming. And I thought I was trying to, it was one of these great big video things that they sent me with from the station because I was going to interview him. And, and I was in a panic and I called. Using a phone to call Pittsburgh to talk to one of our our techs about what was wrong with the camera, and and I he started I was able to get him on the phone in the lobby of this 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 crummy hotel, and and um and and he said look at the camera and I looked at it and I turned it around and guess why I didn't have a picture you didn't have a lens cap off <laughs> yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that kind of stuff even then, so I can't blame dementia for it because I do it now. So on that note, that was on that note. Okay, well, yeah, we'll call it a day. Sa- Sally, have fun on your walk with Mark. Even my best. I will. I will. Okay. I will. Definitely. Thanks for okay. calling. And, 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 and I'll listen tomorrow. So I have to see okay. what the reaction of all your, your viewers and listeners is. So, okay. Okay.
Thanks, uh, and, Al. And listen, love pangolins and love bats. Yeah, love those bats. They're, They're going to need all the help they can get. It's true. Okay. Right. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you don't want to. Even when you're not a species who are not on our shit list, we kill you. Uh, but, man, if you're on our shit list, God help you. Poor bats, pangolins, rhinos, what haven't we killed off? All right, there's the pessimist back again. Um, uh, just quickly, Laura says, I'm an optimist, and it's good to hear Sally today on the show. Well, I'm glad, too. Um, and I don't know what that is. Hang on. And I guess that's it. This other thing is Grubhub. Never mind. So, uh, guys, I don't know what that was, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Susan should be on tomorrow, and uh hope she didn't attack any more little old men in the grocery store. And, and we'll, uh, well, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Hang in there. Bye. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.